G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together. This week's Stick Together program is actually from the vault as far back as 2012 to honour the passing of the well-known Father Bob Maguire. The replaying of the program was prompted by the many comments in appreciation of Father Bob's work and that it is always good to learn from his own voice what he was on about. The program was centred on how unions supported Father Bob's work as he himself supported workers and others who society has maligned. The program includes the then Secretary of the Victorian ETU, the Electrical Trades Union, Dean Miles, who wrote on the passing of Father Bob, I am very saddened that today the world lost a wonderful man, Father Bob Maguire. I struggle with religious institutions. So did Bob. However, if anybody represented God's work on earth, it was my friend Father Bob. He was a selfless and inspirational type of person that believed in action to help the poor and downtrodden, not by words, but by doing the work. I will miss you, comrade, but gee, I am grateful to call you a mate and especially grateful for your amazing life. Thank you, Father Bob. Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show dedicated to workplace and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Stick with us for the next half hour. We're going to be talking about social justice and unionism. defined for me as a very young age. I remember a definition I read which said unionism is a selfless compassion of man for man. And if you uh, if you look at that and that underpins unionism about looking after people, then it's a natural extension to get involved with the community and look after those who, who need a chop out. Who um, adopted unionism as being an essential ingredient of a healthy society, healthy community even. So you've got um, 40-hour weeks, didn't you? And you had uh, all kinds of uh, deep and meaningful uh, philosophy, thinking behind the setting up of unions. It, it, it didn't pop out of the Marxist revolution or anything. It, it would, it could, of course it would have been triggered in part by that, but it's not... Marxist per se. In fact, I think even the unions oftentimes refer to the uh, to the Roman Catholic um, encyclicals of the time as being a kind of a charter that, that the church even, uh, when she's not in capitalist mode, that she is in fact a worker-friendly mode. And so the whole idea was, uh, don't forget, as Mr Adam Smith himself, the founder of the capitalist philosophy, said to, to, to the employers of the universe, he said, don't forget, boys and girls, you're making money. You can't make money without the workers, and you should be therefore treat your workers uh, with the dignity they're entitled to, because without them there's no you. So don't use them as chattels, don't use them as your property, they're not. They've got in their own right, they've got a status. That is of workers. 
A recent report out of Oxfam International has found that the profits of the world's 100 most wealthy individuals last year would be enough to wipe out world poverty four times over. The Cost of Inequality report states, from tax havens to weak employment laws, the richest benefit from a global economic system which is rigged in their favour. This is a battleground that unions have long been a part of. Although mainstream media often portray unions as anti-community, unionism has been a cornerstone of a civil society. This program will look at union involvement in the support of the Father Bob Maguire Foundation in particular and how unions see their role as active members of a healthy community. We will hear from Father Bob Maguire, social activist, and Dean Mile, Secretary of the Electrical Trades Union. First, Dean Miles. Mainstream media representation of the unions seems to portray them as anti-community. What would you say to that? You can probably know that um, that that portrayal of unionism or the anti-union stuff, the union bashing, if you like, to the Murdoch press, who uh, is merciless in that. Um, and then I suppose there's various sort of online forums, but, you know, if you, if you read them, you, you'll, they'll do your head in anyway. But, you know, so you've got the Murdoch critical attacks on unions. Um, direct involvement with unions is the thing that matters the most. You know, members who are part of good unions, who are active unions, like it. Um, and, you know, we've worked with the community many, many times, you know, and whether it's a, a, a Telstra mobile phone tower in a residential area that we've come in and, and taken action against uh, the tower supporting the community at risk, uh, at risk of being sued. Well, people, you know, get a bit of a respect for that, you know, sporting clubs where we help out in all sorts of, uh, all sorts of ways. Another classic example, I think at the Cell project, our members of the ETU raised over $100,000 that went to community charities from hospitals buying humidity clubs to the local netball club. You know, it's a, uh, but the media are going to demonise us because they politically hate us. Governments of all persuasions, you know, the Liberals and they came out with some terrible legislation against unions on the back of the Royal Commission that really didn't find anything against unions at all. But those laws, make no mistake, are about curbing union power and the ability for workers to influence their workplaces and get a better deal. When you weaken unions, you weaken society. And I'll give you a classic example of um, of that is that we're building unions in, in previous years, including our own, have had green bands to protect um, the environment, either the, the natural or the built environment, as the Beals did back in Sydney. That's being done again. But any action that we take like that is illegal action. And uh, under the current building laws that Howard Government introduced and Rudd and Gillard have kept there, it makes things like green bans um, an illegal activity, which leaves unions and officials open to massive litigation. So, you know, when they harm the right of unions, they harm the community as well. I guess the ETU's involvement with Father Bob, for example, along with the EJ Whitten Foundation for Prostate Cancer, we support you know, a whole range of charities. We support 
you know, we give uh, probably about $100,000 a year to community grant funding as well for not-for-profit clubs. So, you know, ETU plays a, an extraordinary role, I think, in, in, in working with the community. Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. On Stick Together this week, we're talking with Father Bob Maguire of the Father Bob Foundation and Dean Miles, Secretary of the ETU, the Electrical Trade Unions, about union support of community and fundamental issues of social justice that are involved. Father Bob. The, the old saying, whether we get it from Latin American priests somewhere, said, you know, if you give people a fish to eat, you're a saint. If you give them a net to catch the fish to eat, you're a communist. Uh, Patronising feeding of the poor, I prefer not to be involved in that because that's been part of missionary activity for a long time. Rice Catholics, I think they were called, you know, 200 years ago. Um, We'll give you a feed if you turn into a Catholic. My foundation started out almost because when I came to South Melbourne Parish, Peters and Paul's in... 1973, at the end of the Vietnam War, found a parish that was 100, 100 years old, 110 years old, but which had been through its golden age, became upwardly socially mobile, then fell in a heap because uh, the developers and the government wanted to uh, practice uh, new technology in dealing with lots of poor people. So they built 47 blocks, storey blocks of flats instead of uh, allowing uh, the little miner, the little uh, workman's cottages to continue to pull them all. So I came here at the time when the place was flattened and the parish had been flattened almost apart from its, uh, its, its durable real estate and buildings. But I, we then had a chance either to sit on our ass and do uh, pious Catholic things for 150, or whether in fact a change mode and become uh, a parish in search of a mission. So that's what we did. We therefore found that our 150 Catholics became only part of the the picture, and the neighbourhood became innumerable people who we, we were willing to classify as partners in building a new uh, model of of church, and that would be a church at the service of the neighbourhood. See what I mean? Not just a church in a neighbourhood. We started a foundation called Open Family in about 78, which worked with street kids. We left that one work with street kids in St Kilda and places like that, but we segued into another one called Emerald Hill Mission, because I wanted to get local, not just St Kilda and places, a red light areas, but this local distressed area. So we, we continued that philosophy of to go where you that they are, not expect them to come to we were, like the church patch. But after a while, they out there decided, well, we'll go up to where he is and his people are because they've got facilities which you could turn boxing gyms, or basketball courts, those kinds of um, things that weren't um, threatening from the point, religion, religious point of view. I couldn't pull the church down because it had been there for 150 years and after a while they got used to the idea that the church building wasn't um, uh, haunted. 
So we, why we went with a, with, with a neighbourhood-focused Catholic parish, and that's all I've tried to do 40 years, is to provide a model of Catholicism that actually works in the favour of the neighbourhood. And secondly, in favour of the Catholic parishioners, few and all as they may be, that, that should be seen by them to fulfil their highest aspirations as disciples of Jesus. We worked away from about 78, 80, with Open Family and uh, Emerald Hill Mission giving, giving us a, a, a kind of a dual mission, one to the streets, one to the neighbourhood. And then there was a change in culture in the Roman Catholic Church around the world because whereas we had been, I'd been trained in a Catholicism through Vatican II, as it's called, that um, you put the others first and the Catholics second, all of a sudden there's a cultural change in about 1990, as far as I remember, where it said, hey, get out of there, what are you doing out there in the world? Come back in here, we should uh, concentrate Catholics on Catholicism, uh, pious Catholicism, devotional Catholicism, and certainly not... Um, secular humanist connected Catholicism. So that was bad luck. I didn't realise they were fair dinkum. I thought it was only a struggle between headquarters and me as a manager. But lo and behold, I know now that it was an underlying uh, um, cultural change, you see. So we got clobbered then um, and I decided, well, Jesus, if I can't have the parish as access to parish funds, access to parish... Well, we could still have access to parish facilities. Uh, reluctant, uh, what's the word? Uh, reluctantly, they allowed us. But then I said, well, geez, you better go the next step and create something that you've got control of and they can't take it away from you. And that was the Father Bob Maguire Foundation, which ran about 90, 91. Hard, because you had to then start building up your own funds. So we've been beggars for life. The facilities were feeding the poor and all that kind of thing was all right because we had the kitchen and we were, they didn't stop any of that. But then gradually it got harder and harder and harder until, in fact, he, he took the opportunity of my turning 75 and he said uh, he even brought the bloody letter down himself personally to say, here's the letter that you have to sign. And I said, well, I don't think I'm going to sign it. And the way we went on this wretched campaign... Of we, all we could do was to put it off for two and a half years. So we got another two and a half years, and by February the 1st, 2012, well, then uh, they had us. So it was been hard from the time he, he served that letter and before when they were already saying we don't like this model, social activist model, um, but they couldn't move us because we were, uh, were loyal Catholics. They know that. Oh, he keeps you. saying, I know, I know. Thank You're marvellous and you do marvellous work, but not here. Yeah. See? So by the time 2012 came, well, then uh, um, we had to move out and move into this place, which is uh, provided for us rent-free by the electrical trade unions. <laughs> collected two or three partners, young men who already got their own uh, social activist uh, model, 
small scale, but I I decided that the next generation of the foundation would not be me and my few zealots doing everything, but it would be me in partnership with two or three others with their own little models of social activists feeding people in the city, looking after the new breed of um, teenagers on the streets, um, and then a soft spot for interfaith or no faith uh, people. I got I before I had another partner who's a Buddhist monk, young, young, um, which confuses everybody because they think what the the Catholic priest, a Buddhist monk, you've got Jewish street worker, what's going on here? And I'm saying, well, that's what's going on here. It's... Um, no brand. No brand. It's ugly. Ugly. Not quite right. But it's a, it's, a, it's a... What's the word? Effective and efficient. See what I mean? A bit like the Aussie digger. See? Not, not flash. We haven't got the gold buttons of the Americans or the red jackets of the British. But at the same time, we, uh, we, 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 and we work in teams, not just because Sir says charge, but because we together have decided it's the appropriate thing to do. And we try not to destroy, but to conserve as much as we can, whereas the other armies destroy first and then ask questions second. Um, so that's the kind of thing, see, because I'm an old digger myself, never been so heard a, sh- a shot fired in anger. But I've been working with the 18-year-old conscript. Yeah, Vietnam. So those components have built up the Father Bob Maguire Foundation, which presently uh, not only feeds poor the poor from uh, food vans, one of which has just been donated by the CFMEU. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not only that, but also preemptively keeping killed children at school. So they really have no excuse for not going to secondary school because we pay their fees, uniforms and whatever else. And in a minute we'll be trying to remove other obstacles like I can't afford to go on the excursions, therefore I'm going to leave school, I'm embarrassed. No, you're not, because we'll pay for that. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. One of the things that's, that's underplayed but I think is essential over 40 years is the advocacy. So you keep shooting your mouth off in public um, on behalf of the uh, unloved and unlovely or whatever words you want to use. I'd, the old word is the poor. Um, that doesn't mean necessarily only f- uh, money poor. It means emotionally poor. See? What's your view on the deserving poor? Well, there's the deserving and the undeserving poor, yeah. Well, the deserving poor, I think, middle-class Western society is trying to build up, aren't they? Uh, Even as a political factor, the deserving poor are the working poor, people who are trying their hardest to get on in the world, but they can't quite make it. They deserve help. The undeserving poor are my lot, you see. The trouble with me and my lot is, in fact, we know the story because we knew, met them when they were 14 and now they're 50, those who are still alive. They're dropping off one by one, the blokes, at 50. They're undeserving insofar as if you want to be purely efficient, well, then you don't keep something going that's inefficient and that might be uh, Fred Nurk because he's inefficient. He's a pain in the neck. He causes terrible concern to other people and he costs money to keep him in prison and... Well, he's undeserving. But in fact, we know the story and we're saying, listen, 
Um, how do you think he got this way? Um, it's uh, our collective fault. Same with the boy who shot people in Connecticut. Same thing. It's our collective responsibility not to lose touch with uh, those who are obviously in har- social in uh, har- a social harm's way. See, because once you treat them as being what le- le- less deserving of of, of, of support. Um, either because they have no family or because they've got no school or whatever they haven't got, they're on their own, especially males, well, then they become vulnerable to all kinds of viruses like lust, gluttony, greed, laziness, wrath, envy and pride. Isn't that funny? That's the seven deadly sins. But, I mean, that's their social sins. They're not individual sins where the community is boiling, seething with... uh, mindless uh, affluence if not opulence and these these people are bouncing around bobbing around in that mess um, uh, helplessly because they don't understand it they can't embrace it because they don't understand it and they can't go against it because it's the uh, it's the dominant culture see about um, a social justice well then the unions become interested and also because I the parishioners around here are traditionally waterside workers and I went down to the uh, wharves I remember when um, the police and the yeah. and the, uh, the MUA were uh, had a standoff I used to ride my bike down there and I didn't join in, but I mean, I was there, and they knew I was there, the MUA. And Kevin Bracken, who's a local, is the secretary. He's always been a parishioner. And we've traditionally also, we've buried uh, painters and dockers, secretaries, who, for one reason or another, have uh, died uh, violent deaths. We've buried them with respect. The Comrades Adventure gradually accepted that you could have. A church and a church person, who uh, who were the, who were um, simpatico, uh, not patronising, not joining, but whatever the word is, empathetic, is it? Mm. So that's taken forty years, and um, we became a life member of the MUA nicely last year. They gave me a nice badge. Um, we, we've also uh, through the electrical trades unions I think they helped us out a couple of times with a couple of thousand quid to pay rent for needy people and then all of a sudden we segue into this um, if poor old Bob's going to be thrown out of his parish we're prepared to buy a warehouse so that he can continue to operate and then we ended up well we can't find a warehouse for a million dollars because here they'd probably be five million dollars um, we've got this little ex-real estate agent's place and they said, well, we, what do you want me to do? Do you, we pay the rent? So that took that burden off our shoulders and the uh, CFMEU, we came in contact with once again, I think, when I was talking strikes and strikes and uh, the workers on sites, being in danger and all of that. You see, poor old Bob, you the bleeding heart, 
was accepted. All Toby Face was on television and the wireless and newspapers. They got used to the idea, which is one reason why I did it, unashamedly uh, uh, presenting ourselves to the media. Um, one reason was to let the wide world know and make up its own mind whether you were a fraud, cheat and liar or whether you were to be trusted. Now, they made up their mind, apparently, that we could be trusted. So that was nice. I can't do much about that. You didn't have to sell yourself. You had to present yourself transparent as transparent. And what's the other word? Accountable. Yep. So we did all that. And then, lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, the comrades fell in love with us. pick up Father Bob's rent. I mean, I could see a tune of about 60000 a year. So you're talking, you know, probably to committing over a couple hundred thousand a year to community and social justice campaigns. Well, Father Bob was a great, um, a great warrior for the underprivileged in his community. I think he set an example of how the clergy can go about relating to the community in such a very meaningful way. Um, and Father Bob was terrific supporter of unions, and that's something... We don't always see, being brutally honest, there's a lot of charities and community groups that will say to the unions, come and risk you everything you've got, engage in illegal activity, back us, back us, back us. And, but they don't understand or respect the risk and, you know, nor do they return the favours for unions. Whereas Father Bob was always active in his advocacy for workers' rights and trade unions, never ashamed to say it. So uh, it was a pretty easy choice to try and help him keep up his community work. Why does the unions uh, consider itself it's so important to connect to the community this way? It's the underpinning philosophy about what you believe unionism is. At the ETU, I mean, just speaking for myself, I mean, I always regard myself as a trade unionist first and foremost. And um, I'm a member of the ETU. As an electrician, it was my union, so it's the vehicle I express my unionism in. But it's what the underpinning philosophy is about trade unions. If you look at the best form of trade union in... Australia's history or anyone's history, it really looked after people and it never had a view of just looking after its own. And I just think those unions, the unions generally, need to have a broader view about our community and our society and not just be all about, you know, the ETU or the nurses or the firefighters. You know, we've got to be out there and involved and care about more issues than just us. And I think our members do. And I think um, ETU members like the fact that we that we can balance making sure our members are looked after well, but also do some good community work, which, you know, I think uh, reflects well on the membership as well. How do you, uh, how does the ETU decide on which uh, community action they support? Um, it's really merit-based. Uh, yeah, most of it comes through me in terms of it's going to involve any industrial action, something we have to be very, very careful about and very disciplined about, given that we are, you know, open to... Um, to all sorts of litigation. So that will come through, you know, a proper process within the union. If it's a community, we have for community funding and support if our members are involved in any way at a, a local netball club or a, you know, not-for-profit organisation doing good things in the community, they make some written application to us if we've got a, a member involved and, you know, we can get involved with those clubs and give them a little bit of financial support. It's not huge, but it all helps in not-for-profit clubs keeping kids playing sport and doing those sorts of things. So, you know, we have a criteria for that and people apply in writing. And 
you know, it might be the variety club might come and see us. We're foundation sponsors for an organisation called TLC, which is a, a children's charity raising money for sick kids and their families. And I think we're a foundation sponsor of $25,000 a year for that, $25,000 a year for EJ Witten Foundation, probably ten or 12000 for variety. And plus the other things we do, they're not things we really blow our own trumpet about too much, but... Um, we think it's uh, important for unions to, to keep up that kind of work. That's it for Stick Together this week. We've been revisiting an early episode of Stick Together from 2012, which features the voices of Dean Miles, former Secretary of the ETU in Victoria, and Father Bob Maguire, who died last week. Stick Together is produced at the studios of 3CR on the non-ceded lands of the Kulin Nation. We are produced with the financial support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. If you want to catch up with our program, the podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by ringing 0394198377 and leaving us a message. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you and stick together. (laughs) 